Hello everyone, welcome to the Cam Show. I'm your host, Cameron, and this week we're going to take a look at Astruby with a special guest, Roberto Carlino. Roberto Carlino is an aerospace, hardware, and software engineer at NASA Ames Research Center located in the Silicon Valley of California. Roberto works on the Astrobe Zero Gravity Free Flying Robotics Project to improve the efficiency of operations on the International Space Station, or ISS. Roberto Carlino completed his bachelor's degree in aerospace engineering at the University of Naples Federico II in Italy, as well as his Master of Science degree from Delft University in the Netherlands. After that, he got his second master's degree in space systems and services from the University of Rome, La Sapienza. So, let's get into the interview. Hello, Roberto. Hey, Cameron. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thank you. Yeah, it's great to have you on the show. Uh, you'll, yeah. Um, it, yes. So, I guess let's start with asking, what do you do? Okay, so, uh, as you mentioned, I work in NASA Ames, uh, which is one of the 10 NASA centers all across the U.S. Uh, this one is located in Silicon Valley, so just south of San Francisco. Um, I've been working there for five and a half years now, and... Uh, my background is in uh, aerospace engineering, um, but I would say now I'm more like, um, I don't know, like a roboticist or um, uh, a hardware engineer, I would say. Mm-hmm. So that's what I currently do for, for Astro. Okay. So where does your interest in robotics stem from? Yeah, so it's actually it's interesting because uh, since I studied uh, aerospace engineering, I I never really had a deep focus on robotics. I mm-hmm. had some uh, courses uh, in college about uh, mechatronics and uh, and uh, you know robotics in general, uh, but it was never really uh, the focus. Um, and I basically started to to work in robotics uh, three years ago with the Astrobe. So I guess that's, that's pretty much when I started to, to have interest and uh, experience in robotics. Okay. So uh, f- what about your educational path and your educational career? How did uh, that work out to get to where you are now? Yeah, so that started, okay. So I started uh, when I was 18, uh, I started uh, aerospace engineering, and um, there was the my bachelor degree basically, mm-hmm. and then I I had a master uh, degree in uh, also aerospace. Um, uh, during my first master, I actually it was kind of more focused on uh, fluid dynamics, uh, gas dynamics, and and uh, uh, aeronautics basically, and then I I really wanted to be uh, in the space sector. So I did another master of a kind of like a professional master of one year. It was, oh, wow. um, yeah, it was a master of, um, uh, very, uh, specific, uh, on uh, space systems. Um, oh. yeah. and so, yeah, after, 
after that, uh, one of the professors uh, from my master, uh, there was actually uh, thanks to him that uh, I got the contact to NASA. Oh, that's awesome. So your yeah. university was the way that you got into NASA. And so your university had a lot of like outreach for students. Yeah, so we, uh, one of the professors there at my master, he, uh, he knew, he was a prof uh, uh, American professor also uh, teaching in uh, Brown University, I think. Oh. In uh, Rhode, yeah. So in the U.S., there so was a, a professor half time in in Italy, half time in the U.S. Mm -hmm. And then thanks to him, uh, we had he had a contact with uh, some uh, some uh, uh, centers here in U.S., uh, uh, including uh, NASA Ames. And uh, thanks to him, basically, I got this opportunity for an internship. And um, and so I I started at Ames, uh, you know, six almost six years ago with a. Uh, 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 six-month internship and mm -hmm. then basically turned into a full-time position after that that's awesome so you kind of really got to slowly work from your right from college all the way to where you mm -hmm. are now slowly implementing yeah. yourself into your job yeah yeah pretty much awesome so what is astrobe so astrobe uh, is a kind of mix between a little robotic assistant uh, for astronauts up on the ISS, mm -hmm. the International Space Station. And it is also used uh, a lot for um, uh, microgravity experiments on the ISS. So it's a bit uh, also a platform for research in the microgravity. And um, uh, the idea is that uh, anyone like, uh, a company or a, a university or a, 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 an academia, anything, anyone can think of developing an instrument or payload and uh, have this little piece of hardware uh, attach, uh, attach it on the Astrobe robot and then use the robot Astrobe to test their experiment in space. Oh, awesome. So it's a little bit like a Siri for the astronauts. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's also a little bit like that. Awesome. So what other problems did Astrobe solve specifically? So let's say that the main use and uh, the main objective of Astrobe is to uh, increase the efficiency of operations inside the ISS. So mm -hmm. imagine uh, inside the space station, we have astronauts, uh, a certain number of astronauts, right? Mm -hmm. And they all uh, always very busy uh, with their time. They have every single minute of the day, you know, uh, booked and, and scheduled for right. different experiments and different things. And uh, a lot of the times uh, when people want to do uh, experiments on the ISS, they need to use astronaut time. And that is like, is really, really uh, valuable and expensive, actually. Uh, mm -hmm. I think it's, uh, if you want to put in a proposal, and use astronaut time for your experiment, you need to keep into account something like $50,000 per hour for the astronaut wow. time. Yeah, so it's, wow. it's very expensive and time consuming. So, so Astrobe, the main uh, purpose of Astrobe is to, to avoid, uh, I mean, basically do some of these experiments without the use or the supervision of the astronauts. 
and so in a way automat automatize uh, or make things more autonomous uh, inside the ISS. Okay, so like how does Astrobe move? It's kind of like a little cube and it's in a vacuum. So how is that different from moving on the ground? Yeah, so um, so there is uh, there are some kind of uh, big uh, rotating impellers. Uh, mm -hmm. on the, the two uh, rotating impellers on the side of the robot. And so Astro actually works only inside the ISS. So it's only for intravehicular activities um, okay. because it uses, it uses the air of, of, the, of the ISS to propel. So these uh, ro rotors um, the Astro uses is they are um, kind of like uh, fans, electric fans. So by spinning, they uh, they pressurize the air into some chambers, and then with uh, some kind of nozzles, uh, it can uh, uh, regulate you know the air, the flow of the of the air, and uh, and move and rotate uh, around any direction, basically. Oh wow! So almost like a drone. Let's say like a drone. Oh, that's very innovative. Yeah. So in the future, would you think about like making a vacuum optimized version of Astrobe? Yeah, there's, there's, there's actually, yeah, there's a few concepts or uh, projects uh, working on that. Um, uh, there's definitely a lot of interest in, uh, in building some robots to be operated outside the ISS mm -hmm. or, you know, other stations. Um, that like is a bit more tricky. Because, okay. um, you know, if uh, something, so in the vacuum, you are uh, basically a free flying body that can uh, just, you know, uh, go away or like uh, impact, uh, uh, you know, the outside of, of other bodies like uh, spacecraft or, or the station itself. So right. you need to be very careful and uh, you need to have very accurate localization and know that you're not gonna just slam into into the space station and uh, you know destroy it okay so that would involve a much more complicated um software so that way it knows yeah. where everything it can track the iss and everything around it mm -hmm. yeah definitely definitely software but i believe also uh, uh you know uh, really good piece of hardware is, uh, would be needed to, to take good sensors uh, to, to uh, right. have a good tracking, a, a good localization. Okay. So like, do you think Astrobe may be used in like gateway in the future? So For the Artemis program? The, yeah, we hope so. Uh, I mean, the, the project itself, uh, the, the current robots Astrobe we have up on the ISS, uh, will stay inside the ISS, mm -hmm. and, uh, but those, uh, we hope that they're going to be a kind of uh, a demonstration of the technology for, uh, for future missions like the Gateway. So we hope that a future version of Astrobe might be, might be implemented and built for, uh, for the Lunar Gateway. Awesome. So yeah. when you were developing Astrobe, what's, what were some challenges that arose? Uh, yeah, so I mean, we had a lot of a lot of challenges actually. Um, even though the the project itself uh, was kind of uh, quick into uh, the uh, 
the usual, I guess, uh, timeline of NASA projects. So NASA, you know, space projects in general, always very, very long. Mm -hmm. um, and then like NASA also uh, is, you know, not uh, famous for being very fast in developing these kind of projects. So right. that should be, I think it took around four years from the moment we, we kind of designed it to the moment we launched it. And during those five years, we had a lot of uh, challenges uh, from, uh, you know, uh, design and development challenges. Um, so, you know, when we put all the parts together and then we tested them, uh, we sometimes we discovered that there were uh, some new uh, phenomenon that uh, we didn't take into account. So we had to fix that. Um, and then there were a lot of... Uh, a lot of um, safety uh, uh, concerns actually up on the ISS. So uh, you know that the ISS is, uh, th th there are a lot of astronauts. So right. we, we need to, to prove, to demonstrate that even if the robot, you know, uh, was getting lost or was going to get out of control, um, it wouldn't be, you know, harming any of the astronauts. And so there were a lot of uh, these kind of situations that we needed to, to prove and uh, and make sure that uh, you know it was not uh, 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 dangerous for the astronauts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's pretty important. And so I would assume that would have made the certification of Astro be a bit longer, right? Yeah. So so right now, um, yes, for sure. Like oh, like uh, demonstrating and proving that uh, Astro B can. Um, can operate in such a, a you know delicate environment like the ISS. That is definitely a way to uh, to to certify it in a way for a long time. So we hope to use Astrobe for uh, for many many years uh, to come. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So I we think we touched this a little bit earlier, but like, what is the future of Astrobe? Is it going to continue under the same name? Or is it going to expand to a much bigger project? So, at the moment, the uh, Astrobe project is is made of the three of the robots that we already have up on the ISS. So we launched all three of them. Um, and uh, apart from the robots, we also have a docking station. Uh, it's a kind of charging recharging station for the for the batteries of the Astrobees. Uh, so the Astrobees uh, have some uh, rechargeable batteries and they always start uh, their their experiments their operations at the dock station and then fully charged they are uh, free to to undock and move autonomously inside the space station and then once they they are done with the experiment and the batteries are low they return autonomously back to the to the dock station to recharge so let's say this is pretty much uh, what Astrobe is composed of. Um, so the, this current Astrobe project, uh, mm -hmm. it's, not gonna, it's not going to change. It's, uh, we are going to operate it uh, as it is on the ISS for many years. But then we, we are hoping that um, in the next years, we can develop a similar version of Astrobe uh, for the Lunar Gateway once you know, the, the Lunar Gateway get, gets launched. That's awesome. So there really is like a huge potential for this type of technology in the future. Yeah, I, I, I believe so. I, I think that uh, especially for the gateway, there are, 
the gateway is going to be operated, I think, by astronauts only for like 10, 20% of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so imagine uh, uh, we, we want to send, you know, uh, humans to the moon again with the Artemis program, but um, it won't be uh, like on the ISS. We won't have permanent presence, at least for the beginning, we won't have permanent presence on the moon surface and around the moon. So the Lunar Gateway will be uh, will be empty. There won't be any any astronauts for eighty uh, percent of the time. And mm-hmm. so to to monitor and uh, you know repair or maintain the the space station, the Lunar Gateway, we we would need uh, you know uh, assistance like uh, like robots like Astrobeam. So it's kind of like a natural uh, tendency to think that they they would be needed uh, on the Gateway. Awesome. So, like, I understand that currently uh, most of the astronauts' time in the ISS is spent doing repairs uh, when they're not doing experiments. So then, what? how can Astrobe help those repairs or, like, ma- maintenance of the ISS? Uh, yeah, so imagine, um, I don't know if there is, uh, I don't know, something that is going to be uh, broken in your house. I don't know, like, for example... A very important uh, system that uh, all the all the astronauts use all the time on the ISS is the treadmill. You know, right. astronauts need to uh, get trained and do exercise at least two hours a day to keep you know bone mass and and what yeah. else. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, Astrobe, for example, uh, it could go and uh, and just uh, explore and monitor all these systems inside the space station, and um, you know tell if something is uh, going to be broken or if something is, you know, not looking, you know, right. And in that way, you can either, um, you know, repair it uh, in a way or uh, send, you know, um, a message uh, uh, a message to, to the ground saying that, you know, things are going to be broken. So we, we should fix it before it actually gets broken. Oh, that's awesome. So do you think you're ever going to do like a fully autonomous test in the future? Like maybe on like a crew space flight? No, so, uh, sorry, a cargo space flight? Uh, so like just yes, so is there monitoring? Yeah, so we are actually, yes, we are planning to do some uh, activities, uh, crewless activities. So mm-hmm. without uh, the intervention of astronauts in actually in the next uh, couple of weeks. Um, oh wow! And uh, we'll be doing uh, uh, a lot of them. They might be every two or three weeks. So for the next months, uh, we might start doing crewless activities very often. Um, and that is still, in a way, uh, a kind of demonstration. So it's uh, still kind of like testing the capabilities. But mm-hmm. uh, from the moment we prove that we can do uh, all these activities crew without crew. Um, then uh, yeah, we can start also doing experiments and, and uh, what else. Awesome. So like, how is it working with the astronauts? And I, I understand that now there are two more astronauts, Bob and Doug on the ISS. So mm-hmm. does that lower costs and does that give you more time to experiment? So, so yeah, we hope that, so you, the astronauts are definitely not going to be replaced uh, by robots. We, yeah. we need uh, astronauts to do a certain amount of experiments and, 
and so actually the astronauts themselves are actually an experiment on the ISS. So the mm-hmm. the oldest studies of biology and medicine and chemistry they are all also focused on the on the astronauts themselves. So they they need to be there. But instead of doing uh, sometimes they do a lot of very repetitive and actually boring tasks. Uh, we can have robots doing those. And so if we can have the ro- Astrobeer or other robots uh, do those experiments, those uh, those tasks, then we have, you know, more important things uh, for the astronauts to do. That's awesome. So it really gives, it saves money and a lot more aspects than just, just this project. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Apart from money, we hope also the, that the astronauts might have, you know, more time for themselves. So they might spend, you know, uh, more time uh, uh, relaxing also and, uh, and uh, maybe uh, for their hobbies. So, yeah. So, yeah. That's awesome. So yeah. I guess, is there anything else you think we should know about Astrobay? Um, I mean, I think I explained uh, pretty much uh, the, the, the main things about Astrobee. Um, but yeah, we really hope that uh, in the next, the, 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 the very kind of like hot part of the project is going to happen soon, like in the next weeks, in the next months, maybe. And, uh, and so yeah, you, you will probably see a lot of uh, news about Astrobee in the next, uh, next months. How exciting. Yeah. Wait, so how have things changed uh, due to the whole quarantine and uh, global lockdown? Well, actually, for, for us, it didn't really change much. Actually, it changed, but in a better way. Uh, we That's we good. were able, yeah, we were able to use the, since the robots are already up on the, on the ISS, uh, we don't need to use the NASA center, our labs, mm-hmm. uh, most of the time. We would need to do a few small tests, actually, in the next weeks. So we might, we might need to go back to work. But the, all the operations and all the uh, uh, experiments that we are doing with the robots on the ISS, we're doing them remotely from home. So we are literally uh, controlling, commanding the robots, you know, from our, our sofa uh, in our homes. So <laughs> that, is, that is like pretty, pretty cool. And still like, you know, we can do still most of the work from here. Yeah, so I guess instead of like playing on an Xbox, you could just be like controlling an Astro Bay. <laughs> yeah, kind of, yeah, pretty much. Awesome. So I guess uh, let me ask you about some of your other work. Um, I heard that you worked on TESS. The... Yeah. Yeah, so could you tell me a little bit about TESS and like how how did you start there and then move on? Yeah, so on the uh, heritage of Kepler, uh, which discovered thousands of exoplanets. Um, TESS is doing a, a kind of similar science, but it's trying to discover planets, exoplanets, uh, much closer to us. So we can do uh, much more detailed and, and the better observations of these exoplanets in the future. That's awesome. So yeah. how do you balance your time between TESS and Astrobe, or did you like move on from TESS and then do Astrobe full time? Yeah, I, I basically moved from uh, from a test to Astrobe. Um, okay. This was, yeah, this was three years around three years ago. I um, I worked on the project tests. I was working on uh, what it's called the science pipeline. So it's the mm-hmm. the software 
the ground software that uh, analyzes and processes the data from the from the from the uh, from the telescope. Um, and after that was done, um, I didn't have much work to do, so I basically moved on to another project. That's awesome. All right. So uh, thank you for being on the show. This is a really nice conversation and I yeah. really learned a lot. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks a lot. I hope you, it was interesting and, uh, and you learned something. Awesome. All right. Yeah. Thank you. Kamar. That's it for this episode. If you enjoyed it, you know what to do. Give us a rating and a review. Or if you want to interact more with us, feel free to uh, subscribe to this show and uh, you can follow us on Instagram at Cam Show Podcast. Down below in the show notes, you can find any links that we thought you might want to check out. And f- until the next time, make sure you stay curious. And as always, add Astra.